Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- 451-4220. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. GreatNorthernElectric.com Serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. your host with the most, Tiny Tim. What's cracking, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guest is Rebecca Hall from the store Shift on Winslow. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you, too. I, I like the concept of your store. You've been there a little over a year now. Yep. Um, tell the people what, what Shift is and how that came across... Um, your path and why you felt you needed to open this store. All right. So um, Shift has been open for a year and a month. Um, I opened in November of uh, 2018. And it's something that I had had in the back of my mind for a while. Um, And Shift, uh, just for the listeners, um, for those who have not been there, it's um, in Winslow, um, and it is 130 Winslow Way East. Um, it's kind of, it's a beautiful little spot, a little bit hidden. You have to um, go up a walkway, and I'm there at the end. So um, You buy Emmy's uh, food and uh, Millstream is this Yes, store? correct, and right, Plum. Right across um, from Hitchcock. Right across from Hitchcock, yeah. Built indie 
Bazaar. What was that place before? I haven't. Uh, people come in and tell me stories all the time of what it used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day. I think the last thing I saw there was a lighting store. Well, between that, there was a record shop. Um, mm. I had shopped there the Christmas before for, you know, those of you who uh, wanted records. I think he's gone online. Getting the vinyl, huh? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Records don't don't last very long. They actually outsold sold uh, CDs for the first time. Yeah. This last year. Yeah. Yeah. You have to flip them. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's serious so, business. So you open that store, and your thought behind that was what? Um. So I have always been a boutique shopper. Um. I. Yes, I do go have gone to the Nordstrom Rack, and uh, but I've always loved clothing and always had this dream of it was kind of like the fantasy someday when I'm a grown up. Um, and we should note that I am a grown up. I'm 49. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I would uh, have have a boutique. It was it was kind of my escape plan um, fantasy world, and. I moved to Bainbridge Island um, three and a half years ago, something like that. And Is that all? Yeah. I feel like I've known you a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half years is a short period. It is a short period. Um, but I've been coming, to the, I've, Leaf and I have been together going on five years. So. Oh, okay. Yes. That Leaf, Leaf was my, uh, is my connection to you. Yeah, it's our go-between. <laughs> He's our go-between. <laughs> Uh, included on all text messages. Um, yep. And shout out to Leaf. What's happening? Man? <laughs> um, and yes. So also, he's part of my story because um, I moved from West Seattle. I had a house there. Um, bought when the market was low. Sold when it was high. And um, so I'm really wealthy. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had. When that happened, um, I had some capital. And so I was thinking, okay, what do I do with this? And so my fantasy started to um, verge on reality. And so I played with the idea. And I realized once I even started having the thought in my head of having a shop that I wanted to surround myself with um, clothes that I could believe in. And a number of years ago, I had seen a film called China Blue, and it was um, following two girls in China and their experience with leaving their families at a pretty young age. I mean, we're not talking child baby labor, but, um, you know, in their early teens and going away to live in a factory where they were working and the conditions were, I mean, it was, it was mixed, but it was, it was pretty, pretty awful. Um, and so that stuck in my mind. And so I then realized that I was going to embark on a journey of, um, stocking clothes that did the least harm, um, to people and planet. Basically, ethically sourcing your garments. Correct. And that's what it says on my little sign out front. Um, so in the way that I tend to do things, once I decided I was going to do this, um, I started kind of looking for places to be in, in Winslow because it's, it's a great little town and uh, has lots of opportunity and um, 
you know, it's it's a unique, special place because it's still we still have a local little downtown with shops where you can walk, where all the businesses are local, and uh, so I wanted to be there. Um, <clears throat> but when I so I just started looking, and nothing was coming up. And one day I went for a walk and saw that this space was available, and I called and I signed a lease the next day. Wow. And somehow decided that even though I have zero retail experience. Um, yeah, I was worried because retail is really dead in a lot of ways. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you see Sears, JCPenney's, yep. Radio Shack, a lot of these brands that have been around for 100 years. Even Nordstrom's is downsizing. To- totally. And then the effect of Amazon. And yeah. I want to get into the d- discount culture yes. a little bit later. but. Yep. When you were opening it, I was like, retail, and then ethical, and then on Winslow, I was like, good luck, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what are some of the struggles that you've encountered over the first year of being in a a kind of off-the-path spot and uh, not knowing retail and then going to great lengths to source things correctly? Yeah. Um, So the struggle is, is real, um, and I believe that the model that I've set up can be successful, including in the space that I'm in. But um, it, man, that's a broad question. The struggle. <laughs> um, it, so just to back up a tiny bit, when I when I signed the lease, I also arbitrarily decided that. I could open a shop in two months without any retail experience. So I I set th- that goal to open November 1st, which was two months from um, when I signed the lease. And <clears throat> somehow I did that um, and have been learning about ethical sourcing this entire year. And we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I mean, so full transparency um I, somebody came in the other day a really sweet woman and she was really fascinated by her son had sent her because her son um has become one of my regular customers um and so you have men's women i have men's and women's clothes clothes yeah and i have gifts and bags and jewelry and jewelry and um all that fun stuff but she asked me, um, she said, so, you know, she was admiring some of the brands. She's like, so do you um, donate to charity as well? And mm. and I'm like, uh, with what? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> my proceeds, you know, I think in my first year I did more or less break even. Which, right. um, which is good. Which is good. Um, and that is in, you know, thanks to lots of things. Um, but including I'm like excited right now that people are still coming in from Bainbridge and saying, I had no idea you were here because that means that I can still be discovered. And um, the more people that, that, you know, and not everyone is going to be my shopper, but the more intersection I have with that community, the more that I can carry what people are looking for um, at different price points. Is it more local or tourist? <laughs> So that's been fascinating. Um, and how do you track that? <laughs> Zip codes? My brain? No, I'm so... Do you keep a bunch of data on people? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Just in my head. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Um, there's, I mean, I use Shopify, and so it's tracking stuff. And MailChimp seems to know the ages of 
people when I send out email blasts. Um, so that data is available. I like tech, you know, technically could figure out where what percentage of my sales are men's and versus women's mm-hmm. versus do generic. Like, do you like Shopify? That I, platform? I I do. Um, I think it's uh, it. From what I can tell, it's um, perhaps a little more. Uh, uh, user friendly than I'm. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Merchant friendly than Square, um, in terms of the percentages that it takes and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it it's it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I've got a few complaints about the interface and things that I think could be streamlined. Um, so but, back back to um, you had a year in this shop, figuring things out. Yeah. You feel it? It can grow. Is this something that you possibly would grow into a second store? Possibly down the road. Um, right now, I, I think I got some good advice recently. You know, everyone has advice when you start something new. Hmm. Everyone. <laughs> and um, and so there's a lot of noise and people want to help. Um, but I recently started working with a consultant and um, she, you know, one of my big questions is my location. I mean, I'm back in a corner and uh, a lot of people say you have to get down on the street like as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm letting go of that for now and just focusing on where I am, the scale of, you know, where I, where I am. And it's completely possible to be profitable in that spot Um I just need more people to come in and to understand what I'm doing there. And um, Well, let's talk about that and share it with the people. Yeah. So um, when I opened the shop, um, I, knowing that I was a novice and didn't have all of the data on what was important and what made um, clothing ethical versus non-ethical, I created a hang tag. Um, that goes on everything that I stock. And my hang tag essentially is a checklist of... Um, Organic, fair trade, non-child labor. Yeah. Stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what else am I missing? Um, so we have, uh, let's see, fair trade, um, made in the USA. Those two can't exist simultaneously. Hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> um and organic, um, recycled, um, and uh, to do other. <laughs> there isn't. There is an other box where uh, recycled, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I caught that. Recycled, fair trade, made in USA, organic, uh, local. Local, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get it from Bangladesh. Um, you, it's possible. And so here's um, so last night at the library, there was a showing that um, I don't know if it was Zero Waste or Sustainable Bainbridge, one of those organizations, put on of a movie called True. The Tr- True Cost. And I would recommend to anyone listening um, that's interested in this topic of fast fashion versus slow fashion. <clears throat> Define uh, that for people. Okay, so um, man, fast. So in the 70s, um, like 
98% of clothing that people wore in the U.S. was actually still made in the U.S. I thought you were going to say bell bottoms. <laughs> okay. Yes, 98% of people were wearing bell bottoms, but they were made in the USA bell bottoms. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and at some point, that started getting outsourced. And now 3% of the clothes we wear are made in the U.S. Just 3%. 3%, yeah. So I'm going to throw out another statistic, um, and that is that um, I've heard this uh, a number of places recently, and including in the movie last night, that one in six people on the planet are employed by fashion. That's one in six. I guess I'm not sure if I'm in that now. I, th- I think I, think I so. am. I'm definitely not. Uh, you're not. Uh, <laughs> um, but only two percent. It's two or three percent of those people make what is called living wage. So, mm. um, if you look at that, and that may be extreme skewed, but even if you kind of rein that in a little bit, that's you know, the things that we are getting from, I keep just going off on tangents. But well, there's so much to talk there's about. There's so much to talk about. Um, the things that people are getting at, you know, Target and um, H&M and all of these places, you know, are the conditions of the people making these things are not happy. Where did we start? Well, just how do we buy? How oh, do we so, source fair, this so Bangladesh. Stuff? So I was yeah. going back to Bangladesh. So one of the brands I carry is called People Tree, and that um, they were also featured in the film. The woman who started that, and it's it's been um, it's one of the oldest brands, maybe twenty years old, that's been really focused on sustainable, so organic and fair trade. And she does work with people with a, a group of women in Bangladesh. Um, she visits regularly. They're, they do make a living wage. And so fair trade is one way to start um, changing how the conditions of these people in these places, because they also followed simultaneously another woman in Bangladesh who is not working for People Tree, who's in the garment industry, who has a young daughter, just the, oh, the sweetest relationship between them. And she ends up taking her daughter to live with her family in the in a village because she is going to work in the factory in these factories and she this woman this young woman 23 year old woman or 26 um had started a union in her factory and when they presented their demands to the management um at the end of the day they got locked in a room and beaten and um it's all they're asking for is to be paid more than $3 a day. Like some of the, um, you know, they're wanting like a minimum of, I think, I'm just looking at the math there. This seems like the same, but like $120 a month or something. And to raise those prices, um, the the wages for these people it would increase the cost of a t-shirt by like three cents. 
But because competition is so stiff, um, everyone wants it keeps p- trying to push prices down because everyone and production it, up too. Those yeah. people have to m- make quotas. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, how does this tree company buck the trend that everybody else is doing in Bangladesh? Well, they just are conscientious. They take. They're willing to pay more. They're not the factory that's saying, got to get that price down. They're still conscious of that. But that's one thing, too, that when you come into my store, you're not going to find $15 T-shirts. And I try to keep my prices reasonable because I, you know, our, our, our country, too, has income disparity and, um, you know, which is much lower on this island. Um, there is a fair amount of money here, and yet this whole concept of getting a deal is so ingrained. In um, it's it's like people get really get sticker shock. So, what is this discount culture when there's two T-shirts? Um, one's a hundred dollars, but it's fifty percent off, and the other T-shirt is fifty dollars. Uh-huh. And we as Americans continue to buy the one that's 50% off yeah. for $50, right. even though the $50 straight-up shirt, probably better quality, um, there's no gimmick behind it. Right. But we need to feel like we got a deal yeah. when we go into retail. Well, and I'll tell you, when you there, there's that in the bigger brands, but when you go to a small shop and you get something on discount, that's fine if that's what you can afford, but know that when you do that, the person selling that item There's is, a price is, to be paid on is, the other side. Yeah. Well, it, and that they're probably giving it to you for free, sort of. I mean, like, they're not getting anything from it, you know. I mean, that's that's extreme case. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, actually, there's a story that I heard once about a new – somebody coming to JCPenney – um, as a new CEO or something, and he wanted to have low everyday prices to stop the sale culture, and it completely failed because people have it in their head. There's, so ingrained in society. It's so ingrained in our culture that um, you would be a fool to pay full price for something, and people don't want to be a fool. Well, we 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 fool with people all the time. It's three ninety nine. It's not four dollars, right? Yeah. So there's a psychology behind retail marketing. Totally. Yep. And how do we change that that culture into saying that um, sourcing is important? You know where this came from, how the people who made it were treated, yeah. how was it shipped? Yeah. You know what kind of carbon footprint does it have on our planet? I think these things we need to start talking about and thinking about when we make our purchases, because how we make a difference is with our wallets. Yep. You know, we choose to walk away from this and go somewhere else, like your shop, and say that I support this type of standard mm-hmm. as opposed to that discount type culture. Um, talk a little bit about the carbon footprint that the clothing textile industry has. Well, it's it's huge, <laughs> and this is somewhere where I'm not going to be able to provide statistics because unless I saw well, well, we don't fact check on the bystander <laughs> podcast here. There is like gazillion carbon but, ton. Yeah, I had heard that the textile industry commits almost as much um, footprint as um, 
all the cars and airplanes yeah, in I've, the world. Yeah, I've heard that too. It's 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 significant. Now, is that because of the synthetics that are made in, in clothes? Oh, the, boy. It's, it's complicated. And I think it just has to do with um, we need to be conscious and – of, of choices and impact because um, and there is exciting stuff that is starting to happen. There's a woman in Seattle um, who is figuring out how to chemically transform to take like old clothes and not just like crunch up the threads, but like to somehow make uh, new fibers using old fibers so like just imagine like t- taking a bunch of old like clothes like extracting the fibers out of the right. clothes and correct yeah and what does she do with all the leftover synthetic compounds and stuff in the clothes um I don't know, okay. <laughs> but it's in the pipeline. Like this stuff is starting to happen where people are just saying, okay, we have to do this differently. And it's hard to track um, because like there's some argument out there, cotton is um, takes a huge amount of water, um, but whether, you know, for the crops and whether that water comes out clean or not makes a difference. Like you can throw around statistics around, well, this – you know, organic cotton t-shirt takes this much water to make, but if it's not coming out as with like pesticides in it, well, isn't that better? Yes. So, and then there's also like, um, people are starting to recycle like plastic bottles and turn it into, I mean, polyester is, you know, plastic. plastic. It's plastic. Um, there are benefits to polyester in that it can last for a really long time. And so there's some technology out there that's starting to work with polyester to use recycled materials to trace the water going through the system so that it comes out clean. Um, But then you have it going out and we're putting it in our washing machines and then that's going into the aquifer or whatever. Um, But there are also tools being made around that, which include um, bags that you can, I mean, it's kind of like a lingerie bag, but you just put all your clothes in it and it captures, it can capture the um, the polyfibers. So it's so broad and impactful that, I mean, I think um, as individuals, what we can do is ask the questions around what we're buying that we're willing to spend more money, uh, and I'm not talking outrageous amounts of money. Like in my shop, I do have a broad range, and I don't think I have anything more than like $220, which is a big investment. But those are investment pieces um, that buy less, buy higher quality, and buy less and that ask questions. longer, yeah. That I think we longer. all can – Take a, a, a session of purging out of our closet. Yeah, for sure. Now, okay, so I keep saying I'm going to purge my closet. Uh-huh. Give my socks to the homeless, stuff like that. Right. Um, any extra boots, stuff like that, so they can start working. What there's, is there's the, a story there, too. We can come back to that. Okay, what is the impact of recycling clothes to third world countries? Okay. Like, Okay, so I send um, all these practice soccer jerseys to Africa or mm-hmm. whatever but they're not ethically sourced. And I send that that box out there. How does that disrupt the textile industry in that country it disrupts, by recycling? It disrupts it completely. 
Um, Tell me. Well, in the film last night, the the example was um, in Haiti, in that their textile industry, which they had, um, is is pretty much non-existent. Um, so it's disrupted the economy there, and people are just buying like um, they were showing. Can you see my arms here? <laughs> these giant about as wide as my arms um b- bales of cl- of random clothing and people would just buy a bale of clothing and then take it home go through it you know throw away what they didn't want and mm-hmm. there's just an excess of our crap out in um out in the world it's 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 gross so old, old navy's fault right yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're up there yeah are they Big yeah. offenders, yeah. I imagine. Do they still exist? Yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> see, I don't know. See if you you don't have a kid in the middle school. Oh no, you, I do. <laughs> yeah, kind of sort. <laughs> I do kind of sort. I've been to. But you see, the kids all have the same old navy. Oh my god, Hollister. Zoomy, what's or that? Zoomy. I don't know. Zoomy crap. You trying to ask me about fashion? <laughs> I have no clue. I'm a gray sweatsuit type guy. I have gray sweatsuits. Are they? Source correctly? Yes. All right. So tell me all the ways that I'm uh, messing up in my clothing choices as an average person. Oh, it just. It, You're on a mission here. I am to, on a to mission. change sourcing. I and am. in 220, my mantra is going to be where's it sourced? Yeah. Especially, you know, I, I like, I'm going to give a shout out to Proper Fish here and Harvey. He can tell you exactly what troll line. What sea, mm-hmm. where the cool. cod was caught, mm-hmm. what day, how it was shipped. He's on the other side shipped. of the wall from me. Right, right. So he can track that fish from ocean to plate. Yeah. Sue be the same way. Mm-hmm. They can tell me exactly where everything comes from. Yeah, and that matters to you. Big time. Yeah. Yep. People that, you know, serve me farmed fish and I ha- they have no idea or, you know, frozen this, frozen that, mm-hmm. they don't get my business. Yeah. And I want that to be my main point of emphasis this next year is like, you know, am, am I contributing to the demise of the planet because I'm not having enough thought of where I'm obtaining my food, my mm-hmm. clothing, mm-hmm. the things that I buy and, and what kind of effect it has on the planet? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Nika it, did some bystander shirts in your shop there. Yeah, ethically sourced. Totally, I now, I almost wore my organic cotton shift shirt today. But now, when you put ink on a shirt, how do you know where that comes <clears> from? <throat> you got to ask all the questions. So um, th- there are brands out there that that is you know very important to them that it's um, non toxic and on and on and on. It's on and on. So you screen with on like grape juice on. or something. On and on. You got a song for us? <laughs> yes. So how, how do you obtain the inventory you have for your store? Um, Am I going too fast? Are we, are we, no. We, we're, okay. I, we're all over the map. I don't care. Yeah, Maybe the listeners care, but... Let's let's go as deep as dive as we can. We've, we've talked, we were talking about recycling, so let's get back to that before we get to the inventory thing. Yo, time to pay the bills. Support for the Bystander Podcast comes from Manscaped who is the best in the men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TINY, all capital letters, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TINY. Recycling, you're saying, is is a bad move on clothes. Well, it's just, it's not what you think it is. You know, and and we probably all kind of know in our hearts when we're we've decided that we're going to go to the uh, Goodwill truck. You know, um, I just don't want to pay a dumping fee. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told. Well, yeah, because like I mean, I do that too. I'm like I'm going to clean out this room, and oh my gosh, this old stuff, and I put in some stuff that yeah, this would be good for somebody to have, and then I'm like, and this. Piece of crap. Piece of crap. This, this sock that doesn't have a match. I mean, well, that's a dryer's they're, fault. They're bit, yeah, dryers eat fault. socks. They do. Um, no, but I, you know, and so I'm trying to be more conscious of that right now, too. Um, there's so much good we can do and so much. So if I do want to get rid of my clothes, how do I do it? Well, um, I think that there are people. On their drives for like actually, they're looking more at the um, the fabrics than the garments, so they reuse that. I mean, stuff is recyclable, but I think we just need to like what something that I've started doing um, is when I want to, you know, I'm basically at my shop. I'm wearing a lot of my clothes, so my closet is mm-hmm. broader than it would otherwise be as a conscious shopper because it's part of. How uniform. It's part of my uniform. Yeah. Um, and so I have things from last year. Um, there are certain things that fall in the what I would call the hero garment um, category, which is things that that I am nev- inevitably going to wear for a very long time. They're like a, a sweater that... Um, good solid coat. Good solid coat. Um Good vegan boots. Good vegan boots. I do have some. Um, but I have nice things. And I've instead of just giving them um, to charity, I've started thinking of who in particular I can give it to. Mm, like a friend? Like a friend. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, I've been friend giving uh, gently used clothes. Um, but I think also being like the, what is the children's, uh, thrift shop there, thrift shop there, mm-hmm. like Sal children's. Yeah. I think their, um, their chain is more direct. So if you, uh, and when I take things there, I tend to think about it a little more. I'm like, okay, this is going to stay on the island. This gonna, Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so what can I, what do I have that I'm not wearing anymore that I can actually see somebody being happy to get yeah i think the high school does a pass down your prom dress thing too which is kind of cool yeah um they have the trash and show right the trash and show yeah that's always it's cool cool thing yeah um so where do you get most of your inventory um it's pretty broad um when i first opened the shop i um i had had a bit of serendipity that I was in Minneapolis at a a hub workspace there, and I was um, I was just sitting there minding my own business, and I started and I had this idea in my head already. This was before I had the lease, but I was kind of playing with the idea, 
And I heard this woman talking about ethical sourcing of clothes. And so I talked to her afterwards, and she was one of my first resources. And she told me about um, something called Fashion Revolution. And this is something you can follow, hashtag Fashion Revolution on Instagram. Um, you can look them up. But this was, um, it has a lot of resources for um ethical sourcing and she ended up giving me just this list of clothes that we're doing like a resource good guide of yeah yeah um and so that's where i started um and within that you know did my own research on those brands um and then i've started going to the market weeks that are the um the baby kind of a fast fashion um where but all of the brands, like I went to a show in Vegas um, that is huge. It's called Magic, and it's just in one of their convention centers. And Grand Production, like any brand you can imagine, is there. Um, and the buyers come and roam the floor and put in your you put in your orders for the coming season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I go to these shows, um, and I am able. I'm getting better and better at even just walking through and I can see from the fabric and I can see from the colors what might be in my sort of, you know, my umbrella, my wheelhouse, whatever it is. So is everything black for Seattle? (laughs) We still Uh, never got out of the goth phase. Look at my outfit. Yeah, you're blacking it out. I'm blacking it out. It's a nice top, though. Thanks. This is from Echo Verde. um, It is not vegan. It's, It's wool. Um... But from kindly treated, well, wool. Sheep. You don't have to kill the sheep. To get you don't kill the sheep, but it's still a problem. Where I mean, it's kind of like the chickens and their eggs. You want to make sure that the chickens are free range chickens, and so you with your wool, you want to make sure that they're free range, happy sheep. Okay. Um, I've just, you know, I'm trying to be vegan leaning uh-huh. a little bit more. Um. But I just heard this term, and I've seen this. I think it was on Instagram, mm-hmm. vegan shoes. What constitutes a, a vegan shoe? So vegan, I've been a little bit um, – I have some vegan shoes. They're, they're – I forget what that brand is, but um, b- veganism, I'm like, you mean plastic? Like, so – um, you Couldn't could you have, make it out of like hemp or something? Yes, you could make a hemp shoe. But very often this sort of label of vegan in the fashion industry uh, is confusing to me because you still have to ask a lot of questions. Like mm-hmm. if it's if that means plastic, then are we much better off? Because eventually the poor whale is going to eat that and, you know, yeah. you're going to kill the whale anyway. Well, wasn't there 1,500 pounds of plastic in that whale that washed up last yeah. week? That's an insane amount of plastic. Yeah. Plastic is bad. Oops, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, I just played footsie with Tim um, on accident. China um, it's not taking our plastics anymore. No. You know, so now this whole recycling thing, we need to kind of debunk a little bit because yeah. there's a, a lot of stuff just doesn't get – Recycled because the cleaning process is, is so difficult. Right. So it just gets thrown away, too. And then yeah. there's only so much places for trash. And we're, we're 
such victims of single-use plastics. Yeah. So you, you don't really know what constitutes a vegan shoe. Uh, I, I don't sell shoes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, what else is There's a lot of recycled plastic type stuff. When Okay, here's a question I had for you is when somebody wears high-performance sports gear mm-hmm. or something – doesn't that have just a tremendous amount of synthetics and leave a huge carbon footprint? Um, potentially, yes. Yeah. So how do we get around that? Well, it, again, it just has to do, I think, with making better decisions. And so I I carry a brand called Buki and um, B-U-K-I. I really like Buki, and I think they can be doing more than they are doing. They're... Um, but they are a polyester brand and considered high performance in the sense that your these garments are going to last. Um, it's beautiful fabric to the touch. It feels really good. It's machine washable. It's all of these things, but it is polyester. So I would throw it into the high performance category. Um, however, they use one factory in Thailand um, that is basically uh, designed – by I think it's uh, it's German or Italian like and Japanese like they have these very um, it's a very Western facility in um, like pictures look sort of like it's practically an Apple campus sort of thing um, so really great facilities they do everything in that facility so they're making the fabric and sewing the garments and so they have control completely over everything and their claim um which i believe is that the water that goes in um comes out cleaner than it went in the water that they are using and that then they can actually use it to water fields like it's um as opposed to this some of these factories in other places specifically in the film last night they were showing in india or bangladesh i um just the horrible pollution that's happening from the fashion industry and the impacts of on you know um, mental retardation and in populations and cancers and on and on and on. So you you know you want to be. I mean, Patagonia is doing a lot of good things, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Um, they just sponsored a, a film. What was that? Patagonia sponsored some film that I wanted to see about water. Mm-hmm. I should see that too. This guy was, um, was a, he was working at Patagonia in a high position and he was also working on his film forever and mm-hmm. tracing the water while he was working. Mm-hmm. Now you've talked about water a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understand how water comes into play in garments. Um, so I'm still learning about this, but, um, cotton, when they say that it takes like a gazillion gallons of, uh, like, yeah, and growing almonds. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that has to do with irrigation for one. And then, so you, you're talking about the, the in- ingredients of the garment, yes. where that comes from that water. Yeah. The water sourcing, the water, um, Yes. Right. Okay. So water is used. So for polyester, it's different than for cotton. For cotton, it's literally like growing it in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
the processing of like how many times you have to wash the cotton before you can make it into a t-shirt and on and on. Oh, okay. Um, so similar things for poly, but obviously you're not growing. What are some of the polyester. worst synthetics that are used in clothes? Uh... Um, I don't know. Okay. I mean, polyester is probably is anything that's coming from oil, um, but then it has to do with... So, okay, so here's fossil, another one. There's got to be something to do with fossil fuels, right? Um, well, right. Yes, that's what polyester. In, that's polyester. Okay. Yeah, that's polyester. Um, and then there are also, um, like, rayon um, is essentially made from trees, Um and and there are better it's cellulose, but there are better ways to source that. So bamboo is better because it replenishes more quickly. Um, and so there are certain rayons that are better than others, and that also has to do with the chemicals they use to process it and how they filter the water. And just um, so there's a a company out there, a German company called Lensing, and they make a modal and a tensile, and those. Um, are responsibly done. Um, I mean, nothing's perfect. We could just all go, you know, hide in our hole. And but I also really yeah, like r- run around naked. We could run around naked. Yes. Yeah. Stand by a fire all day. Yeah, but then that would be burning trees. So there's no escape. Oh yeah, but okay. So there was some company, um, really cool, like Pacific Northwest designs and stuff, and they had a little coin token mm-hmm. attached to their tags mm-hmm. and it said you just bought 10 trees so they uh, had an yeah. upcharge on on the garment by five bucks or whatever <clears throat> and that five mm-hmm. bucks went to plant 10 trees mm-hmm. and it, on a piece of like uh, really woody paper were their tags too so it felt like a good purchase you know it gave you that euphoric feeling like hey i did something good about buying this Baseball hat for $15 and, yeah, and I planted 10 trees. And maybe that company was awesome, but there's also this thing called greenwashing. Um, Tell me about that, Rite Aid. <laughs> you know, Rite Aid was red, white, and blue at one time, and now it's it's mm. green and earth-tone browns and yeah. stuff like that. And Yeah, you know, the, and those same the, people, I can see that woman with the short hair. Yeah, and it's the mecca of health, you know, you, even though you have to get through four aisles of corn syrup candy. Right. You know, to get to the supplement that's been sourced from China. Yeah, and right. And then you have the... <laughs> oh they're going to the come for us. ...sick cure. Bring them. Doors <laughs> locked. <laughs> um, it's a fortress here at Studio 15. Uh, so where where are you going from here, hero garment well, slinger? Right. Um, boy, I, we just need more people to come in. Okay. What? But I wanted to talk about greenwashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this is something that that companies, a little trick that they have um, is to create something like that. Okay, so we're going to, you know, plant five trees. Um, and I don't know, um, have you heard or read, read The Overstory? It's so cute that you think I can read. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's tell me. That's why I started with heard of. <laughs> Yeah, if it's not on Audible, I don't hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, so The Overstory is an incredible book, and it's fiction, and it tracks, it's like... The book is called Overstory? It's called The Overstory. And it's about greenwashing. 
Uh, no, it's not. I'm going off on a tangent again. We got to stay but there's focused a here, Rebecca. No, there's a character in there, Dougie. I think his name okay. is Dougie. And he is, he is going out and planting trees. And then he realizes at oh, – Spoiler alert. No, it's not really a spoiler alert, but there's he it comes to his attention that the people that he's planting the trees for are actually doing that so that they can cut down trees. Like they're getting deals for cutting down trees by agreeing to plant more trees. So this is, again, where we're just going to have to move south and run around naked because there's, like, it's all so complicated. Um, but there are brands that I have in my shop that I so deeply believe in that have incredible stories. Um, and one that I use as an example a lot is this brand called Tonelay. And it's... Um, it's and, and this is the thing, if you can get to the smaller companies and just like work with them directly, it's not it's such a difference between that and some executive somewhere overlord of some big company that's decided and I've got some of these brands too. There's one called Alternative that is doing a lot better, but they're still big. But I find that people like their stuff and they're making an effort to change, but they don't have the same connection to the workers that Rachel Fowler of Tonelay, whom I've met, um, working. she works directly with a small group of women in Cambodia. She's created their facilities. They've put solar panels on the roof, so they're um, taking the energy that they're using into um, consideration. Like last year, to me, the Christmas card she sent was incredibly moving um, for their holiday um, party. They actually took a trip. She took these like 15 women to the ocean and they their shop is in inland Cambodia and most of them had never been to the ocean. And they're making living wage and they're well-treated and yeah, it's still cheaper for her to source in Cambodia than here, but she's making positive change there. And, and she's giving back from sourcing there. She's Yeah. And um, she works with remnants. And so they do all of this incredible weaving of, of garments that almost are like rug weaving or those little pot holders you made it a, as a kid. Did you make those? No, I made a kitchen apron. Oh, out of? Denim. Uh, out of denim, cool. Yeah, I used to sew. Nice. I used to like it, but yeah. I don't. All those skills I had as a kid, you know, carpentry and stuff, mm. are gone. Mm. Printmaking. It's changed. I got yeah. older. Got yeah. things to do. Right. <laughs> you look busy. <laughs> Not on Fridays, thankfully. Um. But but anyways, oh no, go ahead. No, you can finish. No, no, no. I thought I was finishing something, but I wasn't. What was that brand again? Tonelay. T-O-N-L with the E little slash over the E. Is that called a Matilda? Is it? No, the Matilda is this one. The little squiggle, oh, squiggle. thing. Accent? Accent? Okay, a little dash. Oh, no, maybe that's a Matilda, and then the Tilda is this one. Is there a Matilda? You're talking to a guy that didn't get the best education. <laughs> faux fur. What the hell is that? Faux fur. I have no idea what they make faux fur from. I had heard they made it out of cats. 
serious. It's <laughs> really? not funny. No. We love cats. It's not funny. No, we do I know love China cats. China did dogs for, well, forever. But that's not faux. No, but they. It was less expensive to change the faux to actual cat hair. So people oh, were selling man. faux jackets with actual well, real cat hair. But them. did they just shave the cat? No. I'll just leave that up to the <laughs> listeners' imagination. So that's not a hero, hero garment at no, all. No, it's the anti-hero garment. So when I when I think of shift, I think of sourcing number one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think of you, of course, but sourcing. Um, I think that it's a place where you know you should buy a garment that's going to last, and you should buy less garments. You know, there's all these sales, this discount culture that we touched on briefly that is just messing with people's heads. Yeah. You know, we always get this discount mentality and we need to buy things that'll last for a long time. And and then, you know, higher prices and local sourcing, yeah. you know, pays for itself in, the, in that way. Yeah. Well, and also just the, the whole shop local model. I mean, that's another way to make an impact. And I'm not the only, I mean, I'm the sh- a shop in Bainbridge that takes great care with sourcing, and it's my number one. There are other um, stores in, in you know in Winslow that that carry um, Hart carries uh, Eileen Fisher, which is a great sustainable brand. Uh, Covet has um, Prairie Underground and Indigenous. There, you know, there. Um, what about lollipops? Lollipops. Pettit Olson, tell me about them. Do they have? You know, um, good sourcing. I don't know their sourcing story. I, I don't. I mean, um, you know, they've they've got really high quality stuff. Like, yeah, too hotty toddy or whatever. It's, it's expensive, um, and you know, but I'm not one to to say that that anything is too expensive. So if I if I go to the average, no, I don't go to the average department store or. If I go on Amazon, which I'm trying to do less of, right? That, let's like that. talk about that too. How how do I start to investigate my sourcing? Right. Okay. Especially from a shop that's not conscious about sourcing, mm-hmm. but may have ethically sourced clothes right alongside the Pakistani child labor clothes. Yes, this exists the for s- sure. Slumlord. Yeah. Um, how, how do how do I go about? Making the ethical choice and figuring out where things are sourced. So um, number one is look at where things are made. And I'm going to tell you that made in China, made in India, made in Bangladesh are not 100. It doesn't mean that that garment was, um, you know, jerkily made. Um, Is that really a word, jerkily? Jerkily. Johnny Evison, tell me if that's a word, please. (laughs) Um, But... If you don't know and if you don't have any way to look it up or anyone to tell you, assume that that's a bad thing. Just, Mm. um, you know, look at where the garment was made. Um, I mean, even, you know, like Turkey and Portugal are going to be better. Um, You Made in the U.S., you know, at least it's not like everyone in the U.S. is making a living wage like – Right. Um, so it's not a guarantee. But I remember that whole scandal down. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. made in the U.S. I remember on the docks of Seattle, there was investigation and they were importing 
these right. clothes from China, yeah. these T-shirts that yep. were like American flags or whatever for Fourth of July, yeah. and it was all from China. Yeah. And they all they did was sew in a tag yeah. called "Made in the U.S." because that was the business's name, "Made in the U.S. LLC." Yeah, don't buy from them. Um, but you know, how do I know? You know, well, you 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 don't. Um, so some some. Uh, Price point is a clue. The feel, I mean, of price point is a clue. Like somebody came into my shop recently, uh, and again, this like really great customer. He's always coming by and seeing what's you know happening and making conversation. He cares about my shop, and or he likes you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, but <laughs> he mentioned recently. I wonder if he's listening, but. Uh, does anyone listen to this? No. Okay, good. Um, he mentioned that he has this brand of jeans that he thinks are awesome. and um, The Von Dutch with the, the bedazzled on the pockets? <laughs> I don't know about those. You're so fashion forward. No, sorry. Um, Go on. And it's called Uniqlo. And he's like, yeah, they're like doing sustainable stuff. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, and they're $49.99. I, I'm like, alarms just go off in my head. I'm like, no, you know, zip my mouth shut, but um, no, pretty sure not. And so I, I look, Uniqlo actually was one of the brands featured in this film last night. They didn't go into it, but they were flashing like when they were talking about the brands that are basically assholes um, that Uniqlo was in there. And um, as it's fast fashion. It is fast fashion. Did you need to edit that out? No, I was just surprised that we lasted 50 minutes before one of us swore. Okay. <laughs> um, so it, it price point is, and, and just kind of like the mass like production of something. If you go to somewhere and it's just like they have like 20 gazillion sizes of something and it costs Forty nine ninety nine for a pair of jeans. You might be at a swap meet. <laughs> yeah. Well, explain retail. Like, if something costs a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. that means you probably bought it for fifty dollars. Correct. Because right? you're that, looking that, at a hundred percent markup at yep. the at the least. At the least, and um, I've learned, you know, but going over that markup, it's not significant. I mean, that's kind of that's. That is the minimum, but you don't tend to. I mean, you don't triple things. That's right. Um, if you do, you're not sourcing it right, and you're really trying to gouge people. Yeah. But that takes me back to the fifty dollars pants. Right. That means they had to be made and sold and transported mm-hmm. all for less than twenty five bucks. Yeah. And that's not really possible. Well, and in particular for, I mean, there are some things, yes, that can. Um, but for jeans, it's uh, anyways. Yeah, no. Does Levi's and Wranglers do they ethically source? Um, Levi's tries. So there's an app. Did we talk about Good on You? No. No. But let's talk about there's that. An app now. for that. Uh, <laughs> it's an app for everything. Yes. So the one that I discovered recently is called Good on You, um, and. Uh, it tracks various metrics, including labor, you know, human labor. Um, or do you have that open there? I do. do you, wow, talks that's about so convenient. Ethical, ethical brand ratings. So let's, and how to discover these brands. Oh, you don't have the app though. Can 
No, but tell me about okay. it. So basically you, you can put in, like I put in Levi's this morning because I was just curious. Um, and their ratings are like, you totally suck. It's it's not that, but it's like better than nothing, um, good and great. Something like that. Okay, where did it, they fall? They were in um, It's a Start. That's the better than nothing one. So it's a start. They got it's a start. Better than McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah. Straight up F. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so whereas Tonle, my baby brand, gets great. Um, and it says why. And they go pretty in-depth of um, rating uh, its human treatment of humans environmental impact factory and conditions yeah and it's like factory conditions environmental impact and uh animal rights are you vegan no um i i know and this is uh i used to be vegetarian um and then i moved in with leaf and um we've had lots of discussions around okay so what if the what's the impact if you eat you know kindly tended to pigs and so we do we did share a pig with my parents and i'm sorry because pigs are amazing i think bacon's a weakness for people i really do yeah it was bacon was the thing that i ate when i was a vegetarian for i was a pescatarian like you um for and and then i even got to the point where i went to wajamaya and i saw the fish in those tanks and i was just like oh my god they look so sad don't don't ruin fish for me (laughs) But, I mean, I, I've trickled onto a little bit of, of meat lately, mm-hmm. you know, especially the Vietnamese sandwiches, mm. the really spicy stuff that makes your head sweat. Yeah, I, I like that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a balance. Yeah, and, you know, you can't be all things to can't all be, people no. all the time. No, and exactly, and that that's where I think the clothing industry comes in is that I feel like a lot of people have been setting that one aside. They're doing, you know everything else and um and then you know there there are people on two sides of me there are the people who don't care and then there are the people who think i'm never going to buy a new article of clothing again as long as i live right and until the drawstrings of my sweat snap (laughs) right (laughs) and i'm not sure you know uh, that that's the way to go either because if if you if you can positively impact the system Number one, buy locally. Get off of effing Amazon. Like, I mean, I was in my shop yesterday downtown. Somebody in an adjacent shop was like, it's been dead down here. Somebody who's been there longer than I have. Mm -hmm. Downtown has been a little dead. And I come home and like at six, it was after dark. The UPS man was still delivering stuff. They're like going into overtime right now because everyone's ordering everything from Amazon. Yeah, the mail truck came by after six one day. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like well, how is this system? I know. It's um, so and then shop- the lack of taxes and then we pick up the bill and, yeah. you know, the rich get richer. and Yep. Yeah. Then Bezos cheats on his wife and then right. it's another gold digger. Yeah, not that his had, first wife was a gold she digger. Was she, was a gold digger. She, she was great. She was awesome. Um, wow, got off on a tangent there. <laughs> but uh, just not say a no tangent. to Amazon. Just, just say no, no to Am- Amazon. Seriously, just say no to Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and um, <clears throat> and you know, I wanted to say something too that, that I just thought of when you were talking there was, you know, how good it feels to get a massage or get a haircut. Yeah, or your nails done or something. Buying a new garment can have that same positive effect. 
I mean, not if you're depressed, go shopping by any means, but you know, maybe coming into the shift and, and getting a new really quality garment that you can feel good about yourself is something to set you right for the holiday well, season. Yeah, and I'm not one, like I believe in, I mean, okay, so I've been a user of retail therapy for a long time in my life. It's like ice cream or clothes, like those are good things for me. And and that's where it comes to me. I have always loved fashion. And um, when I first went off to college, I intended to major in fashion, and I didn't. But um, it's it's how we communicate with each other in a way. It's like a way in which we relate to ourselves. It's, it's fun. Um, and I don't want that to go away. That's how we present ourselves, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... That's why, um, you know, gay guys look so good because they're all at the gym and buying nice clothes. And yeah. then us heterosexuals are just bums, you know. I like your hat. Thanks. It's a Chimicum Corner Store. I'm a big fan of, of theirs. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. And um, they have different elements for um, your soil. So mm. that's why I go out there oh, cool. every once in a while to add certain elements. And then my dad used to be a huge... Um, a fan of the pie place right across mm. the street in Chimicum. Mm-hmm. So, pie. Um, yeah. Well, and so on the plug for coming into my shop, especially right now, um, I do have more than clothes. I have um, handbags, for example, Alchemy Goods. They're a Seattle company um, now making things out of Colorado, but uh, it's all upcycled bicycle inner tubes and they make backpacks. And so I have things like that. I've got, you know, hand-knit fair trade ornaments from Peru. I have uh, jewelry and mittens and all kinds of fun things, notebooks. Yeah, now's the time to get that nice, warm winter sweater, right? That is right. I have so many nice, warm, ethically sourced winter sweaters. Do you ever watch Schitt's Creek? I watched it once. Okay, so um, the character in there, he he is in love with sweaters, and he has Mm. a different sweater. The yep. brother or the the son the son yeah so he's the son or the brother depending on how you look at it right from whose perspective it's kind of cool because the Levies they they have three of their family members in that show yeah oh the, oh wow Dan right. and Eugene are the okay co-creators Dan writes it uh-huh. it's his son and uh, his sister and Eugene's daughter is waitress in the diner that they go into and have a scene every every show hmm. it's a great show. But they, he he opens a, a shop similar to Shift in oh, that show wow. later later oh in God. the seasons. Right, that's why I started watching it because somebody was like, "You've got to watch this." It's and the I best did, show and, on. Yeah, okay. Even better than we started watching. Um, oh shoot! And it's the autistic. Atypical. Atypical. That's right up there, one and two <laughs> yeah, in my book. Pretty good. Um, Michael Rappaport is a big inspiration why I started this podcast. Oh wow, who's that? He's the father in Atypical. Really? Yeah. He's cool in real life? So cool. He's been in three Woody Allen movies. He was in some of my most impactful childhood movies in Zebrahead. Huh. Um, I didn't recognize him. I'm I'm completely loving Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, she's crazy. She's so fantastic. She's crazy. Yeah. I I like all the characters. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Good show. Definitely. Um where can people find out um, about Shift? Your Spotify is it not Spotify? It's Shopify. <laughs> my, 
So and, uh, I do, your website. I do have a website. I'm going to tell you straight up. You can go there. You can go to my about page. You can maybe find some stuff. Um, but but come in the shop. Come in the shop, yeah. I don't, like, it's a small selection of my stuff that's on there. Um, follow me on Instagram. I'm more, way more likely to refresh that than um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, you know, if you're looking for something in particular, send me a message. Just ask me questions, but so you can yeah, help somebody come find, into the shop, find something they need that and ethically source it. Correct, or that they want. We're allowed to want still. Really? Yes. I want for not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So come in. You know, just look around. If it's not your cup of tea, maybe you can. You know whose cup of tea it is. Yeah. Yeah. Head on down to Church Mouse and get some tea. That's right. Get your proper cup of tea yes and then come over in yes. a good attitude that's right to shift yes maybe get some ice cream at mora yeah some fish and chips whatever go over to bossa for sandwich oh their soup wonton soup is that good oh my god so good i'm not a wonton guy but oh my I'll god try it. The, my last meal would be wonton soup and i think i would go for theirs and uh ice cream what what are um your top three restaurants on the island. Um, oh no! Give them a shout out. No, I like some love. I like I like Basa a lot. Um, their wonton soup. Uh, let's see. I really like the lentil um, salady thingy dish. What do they call those bowls at Good Egg? Okay. Have you had that? No, I don't really go it's, to Good Egg. It's really good. I mean, it's not like, you know, date night place, but it's uh, it's delicious. Try their lentil bowl. Wonton soup at um, Basa. I'm more, I'm more into, like, the f- what are my favorite dishes right now? Right, right, right. Um, so I would say that wonton soup, the lentil bowl, and... Mm. All right, you got a favorite coffee spot? Do you drink coffee? Um. I do drink coffee. I like Pegasus. Uh, yeah, I've been trying actually to um, do the rounds more. I try to get to the shop earlier so that I can start going out and like... Networking. Nah, yeah, right. And a great way to do that is to go get some coffee. But I've managed to do it uh, once. What I, what I, Yeah, I said I'm going to go this morning. I'm going to go to a local shop before I go into my shop. What actually ended up happening is I went to the bookstore... Eagle Harbor Books, obviously. I picked up uh, a book. Um, actually, I, yeah, I picked up a book to read because I love fiction. And then I also ordered a book called Fashionopolis, which I'm reading now. Which um, Off Amazon? Are, no, I went to Eagle <laughs> Harbor Books. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then coffee. I'm going to do the coffee rounds. All right, all right. Maybe the wine rounds. Yeah, there's, uh, what is it, Amelia Wynn, they have took over the, the new, old yeah. hospital spot. And right. They're going to make some condos in that or something? Oh, cool. I don't know I don't what know. they're doing. I I'm don't asking. Know either. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, Keep your eyes open, okay. people. Another place I go regularly is Melly Mello. Is that how you say it? It's that place in the basement, because I go there and get things for display. Like I, What is I that place? That antique? It's uh, like an antique mall thingy. That's by the bicycle shop? Yeah. Backside? Yeah. Never been in there. They threw some stuff on the curb, though, that I took. Yeah? 
like an old cool. whiskey barrel and have some uh, strawberries in it. <laughs> I'm a scrounge. Actual strawberries? Yeah. Like you could eat? Yeah. Okay. Have an edible landscape. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You put strawberries in it. Yeah. Well, I took the barrel home. Okay. Put strawberries. put strawberries in it. Okay. Courtesy of mm, Mellow Mel. Melly Mellow. Oh, shout but, out to Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash and all the good rappers of my childhood. Hey, also shout out to Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0 for sponsoring today's podcast. You can use the code TINY and get 20% off and free shipping. Um, hopefully they don't ship it from Amazon. Yeah. Rebecca Hall, owner of Shift Boutique. You call it a boutique? Uh, um, no, because I've got men's stuff. and men. Do you like that word? Boutique? I, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a good Scrabble word. Okay. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I call it Shift Bainbridge. Because there are other Bainbridge. shifts in the world, like shift, you know, you can't you can't be original anymore, unless I named it Flamflu, which I kind of wanted to. Flamflu, <laughs> you can be original. I mean, I changed the word bystander with an I. Yeah. yeah. Oh come on, somebody else has done that. No. It's very clever. If you get it, <laughs> half the time I'm explaining it. No, it's not the bi standard. Uh, I just got it just now. Flash in my head. Get out. Yeah, no, just, yeah. B-I, Bainbridge yeah. Island. Yeah. Okay. And it's also by, meaning I could go this way or that way, depending on your story, if I believe you or not. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in your ethics, ethical sourcing. And I'm looking forward to people finding out and discovering Shift. All right, me too. Anything else come you want to get out there? I don't think so. Just you, come visit. All right. Okie doke. Rebecca Hall from Shift Bainbridge. Thank you for your time. Thank you, you. You've been listening to the Bystander Podcast. Be kind. That was fun. Wake up in the morning, yawning. Watching wait to kick the dough in Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end So my enemies got no friends Yeah, it don't end I wake up in the morning, yawning Cops watching wait to kick the dough in Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end So my enemies got no friends Yeah, it don't end uh, You come to my hood and tell me how to live I think I'm good, that's not how it is Not how it works, so I was at work On my craft like I'm leaving the earth Like trees in the earth getting deep in the dirt Not for reason I search, that's for the birds like the season of turps, you see, yeah. at first, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then, well, you're the only reason I hurt, at first, you're the only thing I need on this earth, then, well, only reason I hurt, maybe, baby, that's just how I twist it, but I know you got a hit list of misters who diss it, so now I can't have your big lips, just wanna love you for real though, but when you come to work, you wear your still toes, so you can't feel, no access to your seal, so and so, I gotta pay the bill though, and get fed, barely have the meal slow, girl, yeah, love is all I'm really here for. Wake up in the morning, yawning. Cops watching, wake to kick the dope in. Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end. So my enemies got no friends. Yeah, it don't end. I wake up in the morning, yawning. Cops watching, wake to kick the dope in. Cause I know I got them dope pins and it don't end. So my enemies got no friends. Yeah, it don't end. Uh, see me, I always been a thing.
nigga So you telling me we gon' sink Uh, don't compute in my brain I don't just shoot, I'm careful of my aim And I'll be shooting to you Care for the same On the same tree like some pairs I'm just saying We all have prayers for the same Already there is the plan Cop you a ticket Have you a visit to where bliss is First, you're the only thing I need on this earth Damn, but you're the only reason I hurt At first, you're the only thing I need on this earth Damn, but you're the only reason I hurt Ralph Rain Yeah, yeah, yeah It's Ralph Rain